Hello everyone. Um, here we are again interviewing another person from the design industry because Chris and I kind of um, gave up and we don't have anything to talk about. So now we just go in and interviewing people. Anyway, um, so I'm here with Liam Harbert, um, a visual designer and currently design director of Deloitte Digital. Is that right, Liam? That is correct. Okay, so can Hello. you? So today we're going to be talking about visual design. What that? What the hell visual design is? What's the differences between visual UX and all this stuff? Trying to untangle uh, what um, visual design or user for user interface design means. But before we start, Liam, can you just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit more about your experience and how you got to be a design director at Below Digital? Hello, yes, I can go through that. Um, so yeah, I'm a visual designer, as you just said. Um, I've been in the industry now, wow, so long, I can't even remember the amount of years, but I think it's about 17, 18. Oh my God, you're very old then. Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, the gray hair proves it. Um, but yeah, I started out as, you know, the usual sort of path, went to university, studied design, was lucky enough to get a really good uh, sort of junior role in an agency that was doing a lot of stuff for the likes of Pepsi, Bacardi, a lot of music industry stuff. A so lot of flash. A lot of flash. <laughs> yeah, flash <was>. everywhere. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I learned sort of my trade there and then worked my way up to sort of midway and then senior designer and then was leading um, sort of counts for like Vodafone. Am I allowed to say brand names? Yeah. Do I get freebies, maybe, off the back and of it? And then you get fired after... When did you work for Vodafone? Like, 10 years ago, wasn't it? Or 18? Um, about a month ago. Oh, after yeah. The last time I worked for the... Well, unless anyway. you're not, like, saying anything bad about the Oh, no, it's all were... good. It's all yeah. good. Anyway, um, yeah, so then... Um, got a role at a bigger agency, Sapient Nitro. So the agency beforehand had been quite boutique, quite small. Um, and yeah, just it's gone on from there. I worked in Australia for a year and then um, I got in more into more sort of a design consultancy roles. And okay. then I've kind of, yeah, ended up as now design director. All right, that's, that's a little... Visual of... design at... Digital, great. So... Um... Yeah, so you mentioned a lot of design, 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 design. Did I? Yeah. I didn't um, realise. <laughs> so what does a visual designer do? I think, well, a lot of um, our listeners would potentially know the differences between a UI and UX, but sometimes they get blurred a little bit. Mm. And uh, so, for example, some of the people we have in the Slack group, um, who are UX designers are sometimes thinking, like asking questions about fonts or, mm. you know, or uh, padding or colors. So, yeah, so we, I think we all kind of understand what a visual designer do, but I would like you to try to identify the differences between visual design and UX. Okay. Um, do I need to un untangle the 
the different names are used. Yeah, so it'd be a word do, to do Or do, do your listeners know that already? Well, but, you, you, can, mean, you can start with that I mean, because that I guess, would be great. Cause yeah, because you've used a sort of visual designer, UI. Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then there's like some art directors and I've said design director and yeah. it's just throwing creative director, directors <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> directors and um, designers. So... Yeah, they're all the same, basically. Just, <laughs> they just do just Photoshop. Yeah, they just colour in. <laughs> no, um, yeah, so UI, user interface designer, is pretty much the same as a visual designer in a digital sort of agency environment. Um, also can be called creative designers, but then it starts to get a bit messy if we go into more of a hybrid agency that have got... Uh, marketing departments and sort of advertising departments because creative means something slightly different in those yeah, environments. Yeah, they, they're basically the ones coming up with ideas but not necessarily designs, right? Yeah, I mean, they do concepting, mm-hmm. however, but uh, they're not doing the, the interface of an app, yeah. per se. So, yeah. so let's, to keep it kind of more simple, I guess, just from a, a, a digital design agency point of view, um UI and visual designer are the same. The same thing. Yeah. Yep. Um a visual designer, I guess if if some it depends on the agency, they use different sort of naming conventions, but if the designer is doing more than purely designing app interfaces or websites, if they are doing some presentation stuff, maybe some video stuff, mm-hmm. maybe maybe a bit of a um almost said above the line, but that I'd need to explain that as yeah, well. Yeah, no, <laughs> print advertising and more traditional graphic design um stuff for print again um yeah they might be called something different yep so let's just keep it some ui and visual designer i might use both yep but i'm, I'm so what about, about the these thing. like people who going back to my previous question um these people who call themselves ui ux oh, sorry yeah i'm making my own questions up <laughs> <laughs> um that's a great <laughs> Yeah, I hear your questions, but I'm going to ask myself my own questions. That's all right. (laughs) Okay. So UI UX. Yeah. Um, So I guess from my point of view, keeping it super simple, um, a a UX person kind of, um, they interpret the the quality of quantitative data, the, the, the business needs, and they translate that into what could become a digital product mm-hmm. based off of that data. Yeah. Um, and they think, obviously, very user-centric. Um, so they're thinking about the flows through the site and the sort of the functionality side of things. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've explained that side of yeah. things. Have I missed anything now? No. no. I mean, research can be we part of that very, as well. We're also very strategic and uh, yeah. no more better looking than the designers. Oh, right. The visual designers. I'm joking. Anyway, you, can you are continue. joking. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and a visual designer. Okay, so they they interpret the the brand side of things. I'd say it's very very much informed by the research and what the UX team done, and they should work very collaborative collaboratively with mm-hmm. those people. But it's very much a visual interpretation of the brand. It's what it looks like. It's about the fonts, the spacing, the padding, um, the colors, and the typography, and how they all work together. Um, 
but as I said, that's very informed by what's happened within the UX. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, yeah, it should it should feel like a, a byproduct of that that brand and mm-hmm. tell the brand story from its core. So you think that they're the the concept of having a designer who can do both, like UI UX? Because if you look into like LinkedIn or you know, when you're looking for jobs, not that I'm looking for jobs, but when you look for jobs, there's a You've lot got of... LinkedIn on your <laughs> um, There's a lot of um, UI, UX roles being advertised. And as I said before, um, a lot of people, uh, because they're probably from a small company or because they're part of a startup or maybe they're because they're just running their own business, they have to do a bit of both. Hmm. So what's... First of all, what's your opinion about that? And second of all, um, what's your advice for these people? Okay, I will answer that question. (laughs) If you remember. Because I can't think of one to ask myself. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I appreciate that there's people out there, people listening that either work by themselves, so they need to do a bit of both. If they're sort of going out to clients themselves, they're freelancing, um, or they work in smaller agencies, sort of small to medium-sized agencies. And I said, I've done that myself, and it's it's more hands-on. Um, so I have worked by myself, and I have worked for small agencies. Um, and I was doing a bit of both. I've spent, you know, sat there for weeks doing wireframes, even though from day one I saw myself as a visual designer. Um, but, I mean... If you can afford the luxury of it, I think if you work in a bigger agency or consultancy and you have got kind of the the individual skill sets within the wider design team, um, for me, kind of the best work I have done or the best projects I've been involved with um, have been when there's been a real tight collaboration between a very sort of good UX person who really knows the UX side of things inside out. Like Chris Mears, because you worked with him, didn't you? People like, that was what I was going to say. People (laughs) like Chris Mears. um, And, yeah, and so good, really good UX person and a really good UI person. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, they should work together and there should be crossover. And when they're working together, the, the kind of the roles almost merge together. You know, they start doing a bit of each. Um, but you just can't beat that kind of real specialism for yeah. me. But as I said, I appreciate that there's people out there who don't have that option. Um, so it, it's good, yeah. Yeah. It, it can work. I mean, it's, it is... I, I totally agree with you. Um, I still haven't met the designer who can do both in a brilliant way. No. I have met a lot of visual designers, including yourself, not because I'm, you're here in this interview oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm trying to do advertising for you, um, but people who can like do visual design but are thinkers as well, can think about the mm. experience, can think about the users, can think about the business problems, um, but not necessarily doing like the both jobs brilliantly. However... On the other side, I've been on projects where where you have UX designers potentially collaborating or not with visual designers, but it gets to the point where, for example, I was in a project where the UXs were like wireframing the visual design because the, the visual designer was a bit like yeah. ahead of mm. the UX. 
So why are you wireframing something that's already been designed and is being built just because you want to do some annotations in it? Or mm. um, so I also feel that um, as going back to your point about collaboration, something sometimes having two people doing different things, unless you achieve that collaboration, there's a lot of work and time wasted. Um, right. Yeah. So said so I think the the problem of what you explained where the wireframes are kind of always gets to the point where they're chasing the visual design. Yeah. Um, I think that hopefully, I'm, I'm sure it still happens actually, but I think we spent many years trying to convince clients that, of the the value of UX mm-hmm. and they eventually started to get it and they wanted to see for their money what they were getting for this new whole new industry that had kind of appeared. When I started out, again, showing my age, UX didn't exist as a discipline. Yeah. Especially sort of in the agency that I was uh, involved with. And as a web designer, um, you had to do both. You had to be a hybrid. Mm-hmm. So, again, that's kind of probably why you, you said I sit quite well somewhere in between. And that's why, just because that's what I did at the beginning. And then suddenly UX grew and it got big and... It kind of came a separate discipline. And I think, as I said, like clients wanted to see something for their money. So all these wireframes were being produced. <laughs> deliverables. Yeah, deliverables, exactly. So they could tick a box and say, yeah, all this money over here went towards that and that equaled this. But in practice, it doesn't work as well. You need that kind of at the beginning to get the idea and the sense of the kind of the, the hierarchy and the structure of the site. but it'll get to the point when the, you know, the visual design will kind of take over. Yeah. So I think, again, it's ever, it's always evolving. And, and that used to be the way of things not that long ago. And as I said, I'm sure it's still happening. But now I think it's changed slightly. And, you know, again, back to collaboration, everyone who's involved in that project, um, well, at least the kind of the leads on the project, the, even the front end developer, yeah. lead strategy, lead UX, lead UI, um, even like content people, mm-hmm. copy should be involved from day one, at least in the initial meetings to kick off so they can truly own the problem together. Yeah. Uh, not pass and train. And then you can, if you do it right and you've got the right people in the room, you can go from whiteboard sketches straight into sort of the high fidelity, which is the, the, the actual visual design side of things. Uh, and that, although the client, it's not as easy for a client to say, right, I'm paying all this money and what am I getting for that? The actually, as a, a, work, a way to work, it's a lot more efficient and, yeah. uh, and you get better results from it. You can get to prototyping a lot quicker um, yeah, prototyping is another thing, right? Like if you if you think about um, Google, for example, when they look for designers and they look for interaction designers or UX designers, they um, expect these UX designers or, visual, or interaction designers to know about visual design because, as you know, mm. as you would expect, obviously, Google design system is already been created. So there's not much visual design to do. So again, like things like the traditional were done by a visual designer could be done by a UX designer mm-hmm. and vice versa. Before prototyping was a 
thing that UXs would do. That you know, you I used to spend hours in Axure doing prototypes. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, show my age again. It's really good. I still love Axure. Yeah, I um, used to use Axure. Yeah, it's really good. Exactly. And then, but, but with then, but now visual designers are the ones saying no. But we do the interactions. We do the prototyping. We do this. So it's hard, isn't it? Because it's everything mm. is becoming. Another problem I find, sort of going back to the client side of things and the way it was, is you spend hours and days and months doing wireframes and get put them in front of the client, explain them, show you all the annotations, and they say, yeah, that's brilliant. So, and then as a visual designer, I mean, not always the case, but if you can kind of almost completely replicated that wireframe, but with some fidelity, some some photography, coloring. some <laughs> colouring in. Um, I didn't say that. No. Some, yeah, some carefully thought out, crafted <laughs> visual design. Yeah, some colouring. Um, the client would then start making changes and saying, why is that there? Why is and that there? Because they had to see the visual design to really understand it. They didn't really get wireframed. So again, it's another reason... To kind of exactly and and the more I think about it and I have run projects where you do wireframes and then visual design and blah 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 it's a very waterfall view yeah, I was just of say. it right yeah. it's a very like okay we do a wireframe then I color it in I think the world is changing mm. and design is changing so much and it's you know with the proliferation of like design systems and mm-hmm. you know and so it's it is easier now no, I'm not saying that UX designers are gonna like don't have a job, but it is easier now to work together, like going visual first. If yeah. you already have a design language, if you already got it, and you don't have to waste time doing lots yeah. of wireframes. I think yeah, UX is definitely it's definitely still needed, and that's me as a visual designer saying that because. I can do UX. I can sit there and do wireframes or sketches if I need to, but I'm never going to do them. Or I don't ever do them, and I haven't really got the interest to do them to the level of a the good UX people I work with. Yeah. The the way they think of it and the detail they go into. The promotion architecture. I don't do that. Yeah, and I think the same is true for a good good UX designer. They can probably some of them can do visual design, and it looks okay, but they don't think about it to the level and obsess over the tiny, tiny details like a true visual designer would, mm. you know. Well, but the reality is, as we said before, that not a lot of people have the luxury of doing no, that, of right? Course. So, so is there And there any... are people out there that uh, I call them unicorns that just, I've met just just a couple of unicorns probably in my 18-year <laughs> career who can just do it all. And yeah, you're just and they're like, brilliant. You're like one-man agencies. And you're just like, but, yeah. but then for these people who are currently in these jobs where they're trying to juggle the two, is, is there any advice in terms of like tools or books or things that they can do to actually improve their visual design skills and perhaps in the future become just a visual designer or just specialize in visual design? Um, it's a hard one with visual design in terms of, I've been asked this before. Oh, or how but, do you get inspiration or how do you get better at it, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I think a way of kind of, I was told many, many, many years ago, like when I was sort of in college and that sort of time, is just to 
if you you want to be a designer, visual designer, graphic designer, whatever it is, if you appreciate design, if you see something that you think, oh, that's beautiful, don't just stop there. Kind of take it and pick it apart, pull it apart and work out why you think that's beautiful compared to something that looks sort of similar but just doesn't do it for you. Mm-hmm. And you can learn a lot from that. And, uh, you know, I still do that now. It's, I, I find it interesting just to say, oh, that's an amazing app. It does this and that. And you use it every day and you kind of become blind to it. But just to stop and say, why is this amazing? And just sort of critique it. I mean, not not say it's bad, but just pull it apart and try and understand why why that's working. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, you're going to learn so much from that and then... Uh, it, it's so hard to, to recommend books necessarily for a visual designer because mm-hmm. um, I get just as much inspiration just walking down the street mm-hmm. from a visual design point of view and inspired, you know. I love to just, if I've got time and I'm not running for the, the train, <laughs> which is quite rare, but <laughs> if I have got the time, just to like go down a street I've never been down, especially mm-hmm. in London or city, you know, like wherever it is, New York or Barcelona, just to the, the amount of kind of visual inspiration you're going to get, mm-hmm. not every time, but quite often, just to walk somewhere different and to look at the posters, the billboards, the this, the that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing to do with an app necessarily, but visually you're just stimulated and you're learning things all the time. It's like... Um Pinterest, for example, as well. Do you use a lot of Pinterest and get like yeah. mood boards yeah. and stuff like that, right? Yeah, I mean, in terms of tools and then bringing it back, yeah. I mean, there's there's books, there's great books to read in terms of like the broader design and understanding design as a whole. Um, but yeah, for visual design, yeah, I I use Pinterest. I think Pinterest is quite often seen as something you where you kind of. I don't know, you're decorating your house and you want, <laughs> what, what's a nice chair gonna, where, for my kitchen? Yeah. But I use it differently to that. It's mm-hmm. also just as good. Um, I use it kind of as a visual bookmarking tool. So on my board, I've got uh, a board for um, typography and uh, mobile design and web design and print design and just like color gradients just lots of different boards mm-hmm. um and then if i am starting a new project i need some inspiration i can pull from some of those boards mm-hmm. um and it's really good i mean a lot of the stuff that's on the likes of behance and dribble and bits of like that which i know uh, sites a lot of people use i kind of sucked into the pinterest boards anyway because so many people are pinning the, the stuff yeah. on there yeah um so i find that really useful visually um yeah i mean there are books I have read and lots of podcasts I listen to, including yeah, this one. This is my favourite one. one. <laughs> um, I, of course. But yeah. Um, so just to like wrap it up and <laughs> and think about the future. Let's think about the future. The future. Uh, the future. Um, so with the with the you know with the with automation and machine learning, everyone talks about that. By the way. Um, and the proliferation of voice as well, where there's a lot of like things happening right now in voice. Mm-hmm. A lot of the key tasks uh, for users are being done by the likes of Alexa or Google Assistant. So it kind of like makes me think that visual interfaces are either going to disappear, user interfaces, or 
they're going to change or so I think there is a lot of challenges I think that the visual designers and over, an overall design including UX mm-hmm. design um, is facing at the moment because it's kind of like machines are taking our jobs yeah. and you know and there's not going to be interfaces so what's your opinion about that um, and what do you think the, the you know designers should be doing these days to to face this change that is happening I think it's really exciting and that's why <laughs> I love the job we do because it's always changing mm-hmm. and you have to adapt and evolve and like when I got into the industry um, I was designing stuff that I'd never design you'd never design now mm-hmm. you know um, mainly because trends change but technology is always always changing yeah, yeah, you know exactly. um, I mean I used to design WAP sites which Nobody, probably none of the listeners will know that is. No, I think they're too young for it. Yeah, so um, just Google that. Um, yeah, so for one, I don't think interfaces are going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, voice is going to take care of some of the things that visual's doing at the moment and that has needed to do. Uh, things like what's the weather going to be like? You had to search on Google or BBC to find that out and you got some kind of visual feedback for that. Mm-hmm. Now you can just do it through voice and you get the same information yeah. and that's fine. And you don't need mostly to... Mostly wrong. It's, it's always wrong. But <laughs> they still can't sort that bit out. But you don't necessarily need to see the, the little picture of a sun and a cloud and mm-hmm. um, to be told that it's going to be sunny and cloudy. Um, and I also think that... There's some things that voice alone can't do in terms of, I'm just thinking e-commerce. You wouldn't just say, Alexa, I need a pair of blue jeans. Yeah, uh, I need them by tomorrow and that's it. Mm. Everyone needs to see what the jeans are like and they need to spin them around and see them. There might be some like functional shoppers like Chris Mears. He would just buy jeans without saying Does he just buy the same jeans every (laughs) time? Okay, that could work. Sorry, great. And uh, it works like uh, to order a Hawaiian pizza from Domino's in the size you want and know you're going to deliver in 30 minutes. You don't necessarily need to see a, a visual, some visual feedback for that. But um, if you're ordering a new like iPhone X, just dropping all the names I can here, hoping for some free uh, merchandise. <laughs> just say a wedding dress or something. A wedding dress? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm joking. Something I don't want one of those. <laughs> Okay. Um, an iPhone X. I, I, I did a project, and like, if someone's ordering a thousand pound handset on a twenty-four month contract and stuff like that, then I think they need some kind of visual stimulation in that journey mm-hmm. to know they're ordering the right thing, and especially with the contract and the, the amount of months and the the price, and mm-hmm. um, so I'm just like thinking about that like just different scenarios I think that is one I, it's the more, the higher the price I think like a car you'd never order that through Alexa and yeah, hope it's right yeah, and it's got the right wheels on it and stuff um, and also I know we run out of time I think interfaces on things that don't have interfaces will you know appear like your bathroom mirror will have an interface mm-hmm. your fridge will have an interface your your gla- your reading glasses are going to have a kind of... I know Google tried to do it a few years ago with uh, Google Glass yeah. and it was maybe a bit ahead of its time, but I think before long, 
normal looking glasses are going to have some kind of sort of interface within them. Yeah. Um, so they're basically going to evolve to something It's just going to evolve and like that's what been. happens in this industry, yeah. Things change, new technologies come in and we just adapt and we move on and yeah. that's what makes it exciting. Um, I think the next five years in particular is just going to be like insane in terms of how much the technology advances with, you know, like the connected world and IoT and uh, AI and you know all that stuff so i think it's gonna like <clears throat> just yeah go off the scale but i'm looking forward to it yeah or you do what you i need. might not have a job at the end of it but. <laughs> <laughs> basically you're trying to keep yourself with a job or you do what you what i did just like move away from the actual design of interfaces and try to apply design thinking to something completely different right yeah exactly designers should evolve yeah. also and I think the role of a designer is always adapting as well not because of the technology or the trends but just of uh, because of their place within a business now they've got a lot more respect and they're you know there's um, there's designers sitting you know at, in boardroom level yeah, now exactly. making decisions so we have a seat on the table yeah we do um, so I think yeah designers as a whole visual designers UX and all the others to you know, they need to start growing more rounded and they need to think more about the business and the strategy and not just have a sort of a silo view of the world on their particular discipline. Mm. Um, just move your head away from Photoshop. Sketch. And oh, sketch now. Yeah, it? sketch. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Liam. We actually have a um, great news for the Slack group because Liam is going to be our next mentor. No, mental, mentor. Mental. <laughs> mental mentor. <laughs> so Liam is going to be answering any questions you might have in terms of visual design for the people in our Slack group. Um, so yeah, so we were missing. Uh, Chris and I was desperately looking for a visual designer to do this amazing job of mentoring. You can get the ones you wanted, so you've ended up with me. <laughs> no. <laughs> so we, we reach out to you, of course, and because you're a very kind person, you've said yes. And I know you can help all these designers around the world, because oh. we have people around the world. You didn't um, explain that bit. Yeah. Oh, okay. We have all, uh, Chris's biggest fans are actually in America. Chris's biggest fans? Yeah. I'm, I'm here to help Chris's fans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So thank you what so much. That? So we're going to be hearing about Liam and reading his post on Slack as well. So yeah, thank you very much again. Thank you. Thanks. Search and subscribe to Design Untangled using your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. Follow us on the web at designuntangled.co.uk or on Twitter at designuntangled. Become a better designer with online mentoring at uxmentor.me.